The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. So I wonder whether somewhere along the line, have you allowed the disappointments of life, the disillusionment, the discouragement, the pain, someone letting you down, something not happening how you thought it should happen, your own evil desires of your heart, have you allowed them to take the life of God out of you? Next on Life Today, Bible teacher Christine Kane encourages us to guard our hearts as we journey through the valleys of life. so grateful for the opportunity of sharing with you. We welcome you to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Christine Kane is, uh, is teaching. And I, I think it's just absolutely wonderful the gift that God gives his, his children uh, to literally release rivers of life and love. By the way, if you have not already been going to stream.org. Now, can you remember that? Stream, like a river, like a tributary, dot org. Go there every day. Be a part of the prayer stream for the stream. But we're going to be releasing tributaries of life and love and truth that has transforming power to change hearts and minds for the glory of God and to accomplish His purpose through us. You're going to love this. You're going to see all the different tributaries in God's family coming together for His purpose, His kingdom purpose, right now, right here. And I'm telling you, you're going to be inspired, and I believe you're going to begin to make a difference because you're going to have divine guidance in how to deal with issues we face. Well, Christine Kane is going to help you because she is a gift and a treasure from God. Here she is. Would you welcome Christine? keep your spiritual heart healthy. Because somewhere along the line, after 40 years in the wilderness, Caleb's heart was wholehearted. So the life of God was still flowing through him so that he could pursue the plan and the purpose of God. He didn't let the cynicism and the negativity and the doubt and the fear and the insecurity of everyone else clog up his heart. And so I wonder whether somewhere along the line, have you allowed the disappointments of life, the disillusionment, the discouragement, the pain, someone letting you down, something not happening how you thought it should happen, your own evil desires of your heart, have you allowed them to take the life of God out of you? Because that's what makes you then old. It makes you old. Your heart gets hardened and your heart stops beating and you end up dying. That's what happens in the natural. If my friend did not have a heart bypass and open heart surgery, then his heart would have stopped and he would have died. Simple as that. And I think when our heart stops beating for what God's heart beats for, then we've died before we're dead. And so many Christians are dead before they're dead. And what's killing us is the, all of this unused life of God that's still on the inside of us because we measure our effectiveness by the same standards as the world. What does the world say we should be at? What kind of career? What sort of income? What kind of house? When I'm 25, when I'm 30, who said who said? 
I'm supposed to be earning this much by then. If I have not advanced in my career by then, who made this stuff up? We only live in time for a very short amount of time. As long as my heart is towards God, God can fast track anything. God can put me where he wants to put me. I am still old school enough to believe that God opens doors that no man can shut, that promotion does not come from the north, south, east or west. It comes from God. And if God wants to find you, God knows where he's placed you. If God has marked you, you don't need to be marketed by man. You don't need to come up with the greatest marketing campaign because you've got the God of the universe and he's got the best GPS and he knows where to find you when he wants to elevate you and put you in your place. You have the best. You have the best. I want you to know that God's not forgotten you. God knows exactly where you are. You're sitting on that lounge chair and you're eating those cookies and you're thinking, is God finished with you? I just busted someone right now. I know that I have. <laughs> and you think God's forgotten you and you think it's too late. I'm here to tell you it's not because it's a condition of the heart. And if you can get your heart in alignment with God's plan and purpose, it's going to change your life. It was his heart that kept him on track. Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your, above all else, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. I love the New King James says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow all of the issues of life. All of the emotional issues you're having, all of the financial issues, all of the relational, all of the physical issues ultimately come back to our heart. So I'm asking you, what's the condition of your heart? Is your heart still beating for what God's heart beats for? Because when the life of God is running through you, you're going to run and not grow weary. You're going to walk and not faint. But you get this thing clogged up with disappointment, with cynicism, with fear, with doubt, with insecurity and comparison and lust and greed, I'm telling you, your heart will shrivel up. And Christianity is not about heart contraction. It's about heart expansion. Our heart is supposed to be getting bigger. That's what I think Caleb was at 85. He says, I don't need more accolades, but I'm as strong now as I was then. My heart is ready for more of God's business. I'm, my heart's ready to continue to advance the kingdom of God. We have just sold out to a lie in the church that as you get older, you become more ineffective. As you get older, we need you less. And yet Psalm 92 says, oh no, you'll still be producing fruit even into your old age. Chris, I think one of the greatest witnesses to this generation is not just trendy, cool, celebrity young people, but it's a whole lot of trendy, cool, older people that are saying, oh, I'm still serving Jesus Christ. My heart is still full of him. I've seen a lot of life. I faced a lot of disappointment. I faced death. I faced sickness. I I've faced loss. I've faced heartache. And you know what? I'm still here. I still love God. Jesus is who he says he is. God will still do what he says he will do. I am not full of cynicism. I'm not full of fear and I'm not full of doubt. You get a generation of those kind of older people out there, we will turn the heads of this world as we show that Jesus Christ truly continues to live in and through your lives. And so we go on, you know, I, I know that so many people over time because we feel like, well, I was abused or I was hurt or I had this really negative Christian experience. And the arteries of your heart get hard. You become insensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You become insensitive to the dealings of God in your life. And you know what? This just becomes a boring religious obligation. Could you think of anything worse than just going through a... We are men most to be pitied if there is no life of God in us 
if the God that we serve is as dead as any other idol or God, but the fact that Jesus is alive, he has risen from the dead, and then he put that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us, there ought to be something about us right up until we go home that is just full of the fire and the spunk and the zeal of God. I cannot get over how we can think, well, you know, I'm just so mature and I'm just older now, Christine. And well, I was, so that means I'm more depressed. And uh, what, what is that all about? I think there ought to be more joy, more love, more peace. The fruit of the Spirit ought to be abounding even more, more long-suffering, more patience, more kindness. There ought to be more of that in us. And so, you know, I think, I, I don't know when the girls get rescued in our, you know, and we partner with Life Outreach uh, International and some of the fantastic rescue missions to help to rescue the victims of human trafficking. When those girls who have been sometimes raped 30 or 40 times a day, when they first come into one of our transition homes, you have not seen a hard heart like that. And you know what? why they've had to develop that? To protect themselves. Because how on earth do you survive that kind of thing? And sometimes that's what happens. And, you know, I find that the Holy Spirit has to break down that wall. You can't do that. Only God can do that. It's a supernatural work. Well, some of us, we've developed hard hearts to protect ourselves. And so what we need to do, we've built up defense mechanisms, but what that has become is a fortress that's become a prison that's kept us locked in. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to come and I want to dismantle that defense mechanism and I want to become your defense mechanism. I know people have hurt you. I know there's been injustice done against you. I know that you face disappointment. It's not that we're denying that there's not pain and there's suffering and legitimate hurt. But the Holy Spirit says every time you build a defense mechanism in order to try to, to keep the pain out, you're keeping yourself in prison because you're stopping my spirit from coming in and allowing your heart to function effectively. Some of us need a pacemaker to put back into our heart or we need a cleansing of our spiritual arteries and we need to go through and clean this out so that the life of God can flow through us because if you lose heart, you'll grow weary and you'll give up. Some people that are watching this, what has happened is it's not that you're irrelevant or you don't have the right qualifications or you don't have the right training or you don't have the intellect, it's simply that you've lost heart. And once you've lost heart, you're out of the game. You can see it in a football team when they stop and it's just they've lost heart. So they've lost the game way before the game's over because their heart's not in the game anymore. Christians ought to have our skin in the game and our heart in the game because this is thing called life. Nobody should revere life more than us because we know that it is a gift. We know that we have a set amount of days. And so our heart ought to be in it. And you know what? Sometimes... Our heart is hurting, but don't allow a wounded heart or a broken heart to define your life or to define your destiny. Allow the life of God to flow through your heart. I think that's why in Matthew 22, in the greatest commandment, when Jesus says, I'm going to wrap up 613 Old Testament Mosaic laws into kind of two verses. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's the first thing he says, because if I've got your heart, I've got you. Because when your heart's in it, you'll do anything. But if your heart's not in it, you'll grow weary. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. If we don't lose heart, we will. Because if your heart's in it, it's amazing. Nothing becomes a boring religious obligation because your heart's in it. You know, I remember when Nick and I uh, first met, we were in Bible school and, you know, he um, found out from my best friend, I was the teacher and he was a student. Students couldn't date each other, but there was no rules about students and teachers. And so Nick was on a bit of a quest. <laughs> Some of you will get that uh, by tomorrow morning's, you know, breakfast. But... Um, 
But, you know, he found out from my best friend that I swam at 6 o'clock every morning. Now, I have been, had been doing that for a year. I had never seen him there, not in one whole year. Then all of a sudden, I would get there at 6 in the morning and there's a guy already doing laps in the pool. And then, you know, after a week or so, I'm like, oh, you know, I noticed Nick. I go, hi, Nick. You know, how are you? What are you doing here? And then he got that male defensive, like, you know, what do you mean, what am I doing here? I'm always here at 6 o'clock in the morning. I love... <laughs> swimming at six o'clock in the morning, which is fantastic. Except I've been married to the man for 18 years and never once, not once, not even once in 18 years has my husband ever got up at six o'clock in the morning to go swim. <laughs> not once, not once. <laughs> never. So, you do what you want from passion. No one has to make you get up at six o'clock in the morning and go swimming. No one has to make you read your Bible. No one has to make you go to church. No one has to make you tithe. No one has to make you give. No one has to make you serve. Your spiritual disciplines are not a boring religious obligation. They come out of an overflow of your heart. You fulfill your destiny because it's a heart thing. Jesus says, oh, oh yeah, I want your soul and your mind as well. But the first thing that I want is your heart. Because if I've got your heart, I've got you. If I've got your heart, then whatever disappointment comes... Whatever suffering comes, whatever trial comes, because it will come. The scripture doesn't say, maybe one day it might come. It says when. Not if, when. And so it will come. But if I've got your heart, we're going to get through this together. Because when you run out, it's all right, I'm going to pour into you. At the end of yourself is where I start. When you feel weak, it's okay. I'm going to pour my strength into you. Rivers of living water are going to come. You are not going to thirst. You are not going to run dry. And so you know the life source is me. When your root system goes down, it's rooted in me. So you'll continue to bear fruit even into old age. Even into old age, you'll continue to do that. You know when the enemy wants to come at you? He'll come after your heart. You'll always know that he's, he's, he's got an assignment for you. You notice it with your kids. You notice it with your friends. You start to see their heart starts to veer off course. It's never like a, a major thing initially. But you start going, you know what, they just don't seem quite as eager to either go to church or to read their Bible or their temper seems to be a little... It, there's just this thing that you just start... And if you're a mother, you get it really early. You know, you've got that sort of sixth sense. It's that, that ability that you have when you're having company and, you know, you've already warned your kids that if they're going to fight um, during... You know, you, they're not going to get... When the company's there, they're not going to get Christmas presents for, like, 25 years. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then you can tell... Like, you're engaged with your visitor and you haven't looked at the kids, but you just know that they're about to have a... And you can, without taking your eyes off the visitor, you can give them the evil eye. And they know, <laughs> they know that when company's gone, they're like, you know what I'm saying? We just, there's this thing that a mother has. I don't know, God gave it to us. And so you kind of start to know when their heart starts to just wonder a little bit. You're like, whoa, something's a little bit off. Any other mother kind of get that? You get that. Something's... You know, when my plane leaves Sydney, to fly to LA, do you realise that if that, um, if that pilot just sets that instrument panel just one degree off, just one degree, 14 hours later, I'm not going to be in LA, I'm going to be in China. Now, that's just one degree off. But all it takes is one degree over 14 hours and you've ended up over here. It's not normally that our hearts just go off the track straight away. It's just that that's why the Bible says guard your heart with all diligence. Be ruthless with your heart. Don't just go, well, you know, I'll deal with that unforgiveness or that offence tomorrow. I'll, I'll just deal with that. I'm not going to, OK, I'm going to take on that bitterness. I'm going to take on that offence because I'm telling you, you never start wanting to be over here, but you just go one degree every day, one degree every day, and eventually you are so far off track because the enemies come after your heart.
Well, that is so well said. And, uh, you know, I read a, a well-known leader said recently that when you take vengeance and wrath and you have that unforgiveness in your heart and you want to destroy someone, you might as well dig two graves because you're not only destroying the person you go after, but you're actually digging your own grave. If you allow a root of bitterness to spring up, many are defiled, beginning with a person who gets resentful, but then everyone around you is impacted by the poison of what's going on in your heart and that resentment and that hurt. Father, I pray for every person here who's been hurt and don't realize that they holding on to that point of pain or hurt that was inflicted on them, whether deliberately or, or maybe perhaps, Lord, just like almost an accidental happenstance. It's, it's damaging them and everybody around them. And I pray, dear God, they'll lay it down. And as Christine said, guard their heart. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you to look in at a scene that I think Betty is probably about as touching as any I've ever seen, where we actually saw some mothers who simply needed what I have right here in this cup, a fresh, clean cup of water. They didn't have that. And, and I want you to listen. Now, please do this because it's very easy to turn aside when there is a situation that you could effectively address. And the enemy always wants us to turn away from doing what God would have us do for his glory and to bless someone else. I want you to listen. Just listen to these mothers and see if you wouldn't like to be the healing for their heart and for their future. Watch closely. Is there anything more miraculous, more precious than God's gift of children? Remarkable and sometimes confusing little versions of ourselves, yet so incredibly unique. We plan, sacrifice, stress, and pray over our decisions, over their decisions, all that we want for them and the legacy we hope to leave. There's a breath of immortality in those generations that follow us, but that all assumes those generations don't end with us. In Cambodia, what we encountered floored us. Mother after mother, who because of something as basic as water, had lost child after child contaminated water filled with disease, their only source. In the villages we visited, it became harder to find mothers who had not lost a child to contaminated water than it was to find one who had. Our children are supposed to outlive us. These mothers have lost more children than the average American has even brought into this world. Unfortunately, 
of all the things we as parents might struggle to provide for our children, it's unlikely that clean water is ever one of them. Why should it be any different for these mothers? We're the answer to that need. I've said to those of you who watch us on a, on a regular basis, that if you want your prayers answered, I think it wise to seek to be an answer to someone's prayer. In uh, Isaiah 58, the prophet made it very clear that if you address the needs of others, if you see someone that is hurting or hungry or in need of food or, or care and you give it to them, that you will find your prayers answered quickly and that God moves into the situation and we become a well-watered garden, fruitful in every way, that we become like a stream of water, ever-flowing stream, he says. Would you, would you right now this last week, just with the prompting of the Holy Spirit, when you see what's happening, you say for another mother, I will save her children. For the sake of those who've lost, I will show them the hope they've longed for. Because a mother who's lost a child is longing for something much better for other mothers. Would you be the answer to that heart cry? Would you answer the mission and commission of Jesus to literally take his love and the good news of who he is to the ends of the earth in action, not in words only, but in deeds? Would you right now go to life today online or go to the phone and dial that number and take your bank card and say, James, I'm going to help answer the cry and the prayer of those ladies who lost their children. We're going to save that village. We're going to save that area by giving them fresh, clean water, water for life, and the missionaries we know will tell them about the water of life. But we would have demonstrated his love. Please, right now, get your bank card and make the largest most loving gift of mercy possible to assist the suffering and to give them an answer. If you would make a gift, the wells are $4,800, you may be able to give a well. Invariably, someone does. Even couples and children and churches will say we want to give a well. Businesses do it. Individuals, could you give a well? Father, I pray if they're able, who are watching, They'll joyfully do it in Jesus' name. Most of the support comes from people who make gifts of $48 or $72 or $144 because when you break that down, you are giving water the rest of a person's life for 10 people or 30, 144, 30 people water for life. If you can give a gift of $1,200 or $2,400, somebody matches that or three others join you, we've got another well. There's some level at which you can participate. So would you right now go online and make that gift? Or would you dial that phone number and take that bank card and use it like a check? By the way, if you want to write a check, make it to life. But please call us and tell us what you're mailing because this is the last week. We have some beautiful gifts to say thank you and to bless you in your spiritual walk, to encourage you. No one ever gives because they want to get a gift. We're giving because we love to give a gift, the gift of life and love. Thank you so much for doing it. Please, if you get a busy because others are calling to know Christ, to give the life to him, you be persistent 
you call or press on or go online until you get through. Thank you so much for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice, drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease, or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the brand new Free To Be Me 40-Day Devotional where Betty shares the challenges, victories, and insights God gave her while struggling through fear and insecurity. You'll also receive Betty's book, Free To Be Me. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request Life's Inspirational Coffee Mug Set featuring encouraging quotes and scripture to brighten your mornings for years to come. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Call, write, or make your gift online today. I want to remind you again, this is the last week for you to help us with the Water for Life outreach. 500 wells, and if you can drill one, I know you will, are a part of one. Please do what God put on your heart. We want to bless you with inspiration, and we want to say thank you for blessing others. Betty, I find that everyone who's talking to me appreciates the stream. Yeah. It's a miracle, isn't it? And it really is. And you watch that four-year prayer yeah. process. Yeah. Are you thrilled with what you're I'm seeing? I'm so excited. I believe God is just for this time, appointed this time for the stream. And, and for people can go and just let, let truth come out, James, and let truth be spoken in love. Well, the Psalm says in Psalm 46, uh, verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That's the family of God. That's the church. So that we can literally release his life and his love. And if if you visit it and encourage your friends to visit it, we're going to see God's will accomplished through His family for His glory. Stream.org. Be sure and go there. Thanks so much for watching. Be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment.
stream.org. You will never understand fully the, the length, the depth, the breadth, the height. Even when we're in heaven, the love of Christ is something we'll still discover. Joseph Prince, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.